I'd like to welcome you to this webinar about energy vampires uh, from councilofLight.net. We're so happy that you joined us, and I really, really hope that this webinar helps you understand exactly how people can actually steal your energy without you even realizing it and without them even realizing it. Because most energy vampires, which is what we call them, energy vampires, is that they don't even realize that they're doing it because they have so much going on in their lives and they're just looking to vent. So when I speak of energy vampires, please don't mistake in the fact that I am, you know, don't don't think that I'm, I'm making it out like these energy vampires are bad people. Because most of the time, like I said, they don't even realize they're doing it. Okay? So let's begin. Let's first talk about energy vampires. And like I was just saying, energy vampires are those that unknowingly suck the positive energy from you when surrounded by them. They're the people that constantly complain and do nothing to change their circumstances from bad to good. They just want to vent, but after being around them, you feel drained, you feel tired, and then you feel in a bad mood. Well, what just happened? You feel great, and you were just in a great mood. They just stole all your positive energy and left you with theirs. I call it energy dumping. Don't, like I said, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that everyone around you is a bad person, nor an energy vampire. And most people don't even realize that they're doing it. But you know exactly who I'm talking about. Okay, let me give you an example. You walk into a party, you meet someone, and the first impression or the first feeling you get is, Ugh, I don't like them at all. You don't know what it is, but you just feel like, ew, you know? Well, you're feeling the energy of that other person, and you're receiving a gut instinct that they're not good for your own energy. So later during the party, you have a few drinks, you loosen up, you start talking to that same person and you think, oh wow, they're not so bad at all. You exchange phone numbers and they call you. You know how it gets when you get a couple drinks in you, you know? <laughs> so you get together with that person and all they do is complain. You feel drained and tired as you excuse yourself for yawning while, they, while they're there. Then you just can't wait until they leave so you can lay down and take a nap. And as they leave, they thank you for listening to them and say, I feel so much better now that I, quote, let it all out, quote. <laughs> I just needed to vent. Again, some people just need to vent. But the thing is, and we, well, wait a second, let me correct myself. Some people need to vent, and we can still be there for them, okay? Now, you know who you can be there for and who just wants to complain. You know what I mean? So, you know, use your own instincts on that. But we need to surround ourselves with light 
so we can protect our own energy from being sabotaged, okay? So within that scenario, you had all the positive energy sucked right out of you. So if you remember your first instinct, your gut instinct that was back at the party was a sign to stay away. I know how this feels. I've done this more than once and had the energy sucked right out of me. But we have to learn to set boundaries. And that's the biggest thing. And surround ourselves with a light to protect our own energy. When we set boundaries, we have to learn to say no when we need to. Now, I'm not saying cut off your friends and don't help them with their problems. This is not what I mean at all. What I am saying is that we must protect our own garden of life from people that might might try to interrupt the commitments that we have made to ourselves. The first thing we have to do is learn to say no without feeling guilty and stop saying yes because we feel we have to do something and then hold resentment for it. You, you can say no in a nice way and saying no is not being mean. It's respecting our own time, our own commitments. So let me give you another example. Did someone ever ask you to do them a favor and you're in the middle of doing something for yourself? They call and they ask you to do something right at that moment. You say, yes, of course I'll help you. As you roll your eyes and make a pouty face while you're talking to them on the phone. But as you're talking to them on the phone, you put on your happy voice like, oh, no, it's not a problem at all. I'm happy to help. After you hang up the phone, you stomp your feet and grab your coat and whisper negative things out loud to yourself like, oh, like I have nothing better to do but take care of their chores or why do I have to take care of them? Don't they have any family or when am I going to finish what I need to do? (laughs) I know. I've done it. Your needs are just as important as anyone else's. And if you can't do something at that very moment for someone, but you seriously want to help that person, say something like this. Oh, I'm so sorry, but I'm in the middle of doing whatever you're doing. But if you want me to help you at this time, I'd be happy to help you. I almost guarantee that most likely they will decline And not ask you to do it later because they're so used to you doing it when they call. People get used to recruiting others to do what they need to do. Things that they need to learn to take responsibility for. Again, I'm not saying if your disabled neighbor needs help in an emergency situation to tell them no, it has to wait. So please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm talking about those that are perfectly capable of doing things for themselves, but they don't want to make an effort. Just like we have to take responsibility for our own lives, so do they. Other people must start doing the same that you are doing and stay committed to fixing their own lives. If it's something that they don't know how to do, tell them you will show them how to do it. So they do not need to count on you to do it for them. You are not their caretaker. And you must realize that, yes, you can help a person to an extent. 
but you cannot help them change if they are not willing to do the work and change themselves. With that said, I'd like you to stop this recording and I'd like you to do the cord cutting meditation that's included in this unit. I'd like you to call on Archangel Michael to come in and assist you during this meditation. And know that Archangel Michael is omnipresent, which means he can be with multiple people at one time. So never feel as if you're taking away healing from another person. As I said before, your needs are just as important as others. And Archangel Michael is never too busy for anyone, small or large. Archangel Michael will always be there to protect and guide you. Now stop this recording and go do the cord cutting meditation using the crystal lighted sword. I'll see you back here soon. So now you've completed the um, cord cutting meditation. Let me talk about how to keep your energy balanced and nurtured. So let's talk about the elements. When we're getting ready to plant our seeds in our garden of life, we must be sure that we have all the tools that they need to survive. Just as plants and flowers need all of the elements to grow, so do we for our lives. So let's go over the different elements that are needed. Water. The average body is made up of 60% water. We need water to survive. To shed toxins from the body, we sweat. Sweat purifies the body of toxins through the pores of the skin. The human blood contains water too. The water in our blood flushes waste products out of the kidneys and livers and also lubricates our joints. Water keeps our eyes, mouth, and nose tissue moist and also regulates our body temperature while protecting our internal organs. Okay, now let's go to the sun, which is fire energy. The Discovery Channel states the following about how the the sun affects the human body. Sunshine affects the brain via the interaction of the chemicals melatonin and serotonin, as well as vitamin D. When sunlight hits your eyes, Your optic nerve sends a message to the gland in the brain that produces melatonin, which is a hormone that helps you sleep. The gland decreases its secretions of melatonin until the sun goes down again. Then the opposite happens with the chemical serotonin. When you're exposed to the sun, your brain increases serotonin, which is a hormone connected with feelings of happiness and wakefulness. And when the ultraviolet rays from sunshine touch your skin, your body produces vitamin D, which helps you maintain your serotonin levels. Generally, we're asleep or feeling slowed down during the dark hours and physically and emotionally up during the day. This is the human circadian rhythm. We're able to function against these biological rhythms when we must, as night shift workers do, but it can be hard on the body and the mind. 
When we go without sunshine, we can even get seasonal affective disorder, also known as SAD or SAD. People who suffer from this disorder get depressed during the times when there's not much sun. Although they're typically fine in the warmer, sunnier months of the year, SAD is most prevalent in places where there are scant sunlit hours in the winter, like Alaska, or where it's overcast for extended periods, like parts of the U.S. Northwest. SAD can often be treated with phototherapy that exposes the patient to full-spectrum sunlight, which may be sunlight or artificial light. Let's move on to oxygen, which is air. We must breathe in oxygen to survive. Humans can only survive a matter of minutes without it. Our brain requires oxygen in order to function, which is transported by blood cells. Once oxygen has been entirely cut off, a person would pass out. Oxygen is the most vile nutrient for the human body. We can survive weeks without food, several days without water, but we cannot survive more than a few minutes without oxygen. Oxygen helps keep our immune system healthy and creates energy. Oxygen also kills bacteria and viruses on the planet. So now let's move on to soil. Okay, so you have soil in your garden, which is the earth energy. Earth provides us with all the previous elements mentioned that we need to survive. Without the earth, we wouldn't have water, we wouldn't have air, and we wouldn't have sun. Just like a plant, the human body requires all of these elements to survive. The energetic body is made up of many chakra points, with seven being the main points. Balancing our chakras helps keep our life balanced. Each chakra has a prime function, which helps balance our overall well-being. So how does this pertain to everything we're talking about? Let's move forward and find out. Why do things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? No one knows why there are good people that get sick or why the psychotic murderers get to live. And we never will. But when we begin to look at struggles in our lives as lessons, it's easier to understand why things happen in our lives. When we stop saying, why me? And start thinking, what is the lesson? Or what do I need to learn from this? Or find out how we can use that experience as a positive inspiration for others. We begin to open our mind and see the true meaning behind every experience. Struggles in life were not created for us to be punished or to suffer, but the complete opposite. They're there to learn from and become successful and prosperous in life. They're meant for us to heal. The Creator is not sitting next to Moses saying, Hey Moses, Watch what I lay on Susie next as he elbows Moses in the arms and lets out a little giggle. (laughs) No, it's not how it works. The creator wants nothing but greatness for each and every one of us. And he does not hand us anything that we cannot handle. He knows that we are strong. 
because he created us in his image. He knows our life from the day that we were born and knows every mistake and every success that we will ever do in our lives. I mean, we planned it with him anyway before we entered this world, right? I sometimes wonder what the hell I was thinking when I sat down and wrote my book of life. Why would I write this life for me? Why would I choose the people that have come into my life? Well, over the years, I found some answers to these questions, and I'm going to share them with you. When I was 32 years young, I was diagnosed with a progressive and debilitating disease of the nervous system. I had two young children at the time, and I went through the why me's and felt sorry for myself because I was stuck in a wheelchair, and I felt that everyone else was supposed to take care of me. But after I became sick and tired of being sick and tired, I started to see how I was my own worst enemy, and I had a choice to make. I could sit there and feel sorry for myself and stay in that wheelchair, or I can change the way I was thinking and take my experiences out into the world and turn them into a positive inspiration for others. And again, not everyone has the option to get up physically out of that wheelchair, but there is a choice in how we think and what we do with our life experiences. And this is getting our mind out of the wheelchair. We can be a catalyst for change and become an inspiration for others that are experiencing the same thing in life. No, they might not be the same exact experiences, but they all go back to the same thing, which we all seek in life, which is happiness and love. When we stop saying, I just want to be the old me again, or I just wish this never happened or that never happened, which I've said many times, we begin to see what new things are ready to come into our lives. And this can only come into our lives if we make room and allow them to come into our lives. So how do we make room for the new? We release the old. Release what you feel you no longer can do or the old you and recreate your life with the new you. Stop looking at what you cannot do and start looking at what you can do. We also have to learn to forgive others. Forgiveness is letting go of the hope that the past could be any different. When we stop wishing that things were different in the past and we stop wishing things didn't happen, or this person didn't say that, or that person didn't say this, or you never said something to someone or did something to someone. We have to release the regret. We have to release it and forgive ourselves and others. Now, I'm going to give you a couple tips on how to release those experiences. I pray that you will find the answers to the questions and release the negative emotions that lie deep and dormant within your subconscious mind. Because when we suppress emotions from experiences in our past and do not confront them and release them, they tend to come out in physical, 
emotional or mental forms. This is where the three F's come into play. Face it, feel it, and free it. Let's start with face it. Facing our fears face to face (laughs) is not easy. It takes a lot of courage. But when we finally do come face to face with what ails us and remove the mask of the ego, we become aware of what is going on behind the scenes. When we start taking responsibility for our own actions, we're able to move forward to the next step, which is feel it. Feeling it comes after we are able to face what bothers us, whether it be a person that has hurt you, a place that reminds you of something bad, or something that holds memories. They must be released. When we are finally able to feel the emotions behind the mask, we're able to forgive ourselves as well as those who have hurt us And this is where true healing begins. Free it. Forgiveness is the key. When we have completely forgiven those who have hurt us and release or free the emotion that is attached to the experience, we are free to live our passion and purpose in life, which is what we enjoy and love to do. So how do you know when you've truly forgiven someone or forgiven yourself? When you truly forgive someone or forgive yourself, you no longer feel any emotion about the situation or the person. So for example, say you are angry at a parent for not being there for you when you were younger. When you've truly forgiven them, the anger, that feeling that you get in your gut, okay, that disappears. That's how you truly know you have forgiven someone. When there's no emotion attached to the experience or the situation, that is when we are free and have forgiven completely. Let's move on to affirmations because affirmations are sentences that are aimed to affect the conscious and the subconscious mind. The words composing affirmations automatically or involuntary bring up related mental images into the mind which can inspire, energize, and motivate. Repeating affirmations influences the behavior, habits, actions, and reactions which is what we need to really release to forgive completely. Affirmations. What do affirmations do? They motivate. They keep the mind focused on the goal. They influence the subconscious mind and activate its powers. They change the way you think and behave. And this could bring you into contact with new people, who can help you achieve your goals. Positive statements make you feel positive, energetic, and active, and therefore put you in a better position to transform your inner and external worlds. 
So when and how do you repeat affirmations? First, you want to devote some special times during the day to repeat them. It could be in the morning when you wake up, you can post them onto a mirror that you brush your teeth in. So this way you say them every morning. Put them somewhere next to your bed so every time you go to sleep, you also repeat them. Repeat them wherever you are and whenever you want and have the time. A lot of times when you start using affirmations, things will happen just throughout the day and they will come into your mind. And when they come into your mind, this is a good time. Actually, it's a great time to recite them. Before starting, ask yourself whether you really want to get what you want to affirm for. If you have doubts and are not really sure that you want it, your doubts will stand in the way. This is one of the reasons why people don't get results and they lose their belief in the power of the law of attraction. Affirm with love, faith, feeling, and interest and feel and believe that your desire has already been fulfilled. This kind of thinking will accelerate its fulfillment. It's natural for the mind to bring up doubts and negative thoughts, especially if your current environment and situation are very different from you, what you want to achieve. Persevere and don't let your negative thoughts and doubts conquer you. For example, instead of saying, I want to lose 30 pounds, you could say, I lose 30 pounds gracefully eating healthy and natural foods. I have included a page of affirmations, some examples of some affirmations for you within this unit. So please feel free to use them and uh, make up your own if you feel like it or change the words around. Make it your own. Make it so you believe it and it is perfect for you. Affirmations helped retrain the brain to think and act differently. And once we begin to use affirmations, we build new roads or path, neuropathways in our brain, which leads to shutting down the old ones, which is what we were programmed to believe. We must stop using negative affirmations like, I'm just meant to be poor, or success isn't in my stars, or, oh, I always have bad luck, I never win anything. I know I say that too. <laughs> Let me give you an example. In the past, I had horrible financial issues. I always said to myself, I don't make enough money to save any. I felt so bad about myself when I had to borrow money from people just to make my bills. But after learning about affirmations and how they worked, I started cutting little squares of different colored cardstock paper. I would write down affirmations on those colored cards and hang them right beside my bed on the side of my bureau so I would read them every night as I lay in bed. In 2004, I wrote this affirmation. I write books and teach people from my life experiences. I am successful. Well, here I am. I wrote two books, publishing my first in 2014, and now I have a whole website of courses and a CD series that I wrote too. 
I've used affirmations. And let me tell you, they work. Like I told you before, my thoughts were extremely negative in the past. But when we begin to become aware of how we think and speak is when we are able to begin changing it. We cannot fix something if we don't know it's broken. So start becoming aware of your I can'ts and turn them in to I can's. Instead of saying I won't, say I will. Instead of saying I don't, say I do. You get the idea, right? Take all the negative words and thoughts and as soon as you catch yourself saying them, change them. When using affirmations with goal setting, there's a few other things to become aware of. When we speak or think about setting goals, we always should speak again as if they're already happening. If you have an affirmation that says, I want to be successful, change it to, I am successful. If you have an affirmation that says, I want a brand new car that I can afford, change it to, I comfortably afford my brand new car. Had to make and model the car too. Be specific. Everything is energy. And this goes back to where we talked about the different energies. So when we think or speak something, we're sending that energy into the universe and telling them we want more of it. So if you're consistently saying, I don't have enough money, then the universe will continue to give you exactly that. Because that's what you're asking for. But if you change it to, I am prosperous and successful. Again, the universe will provide exactly what you ask for. You can ask your angels and guides to help you change your thoughts from negative to positive. Or even ask them to guide you to the things that you want to accomplish in life. The things that will provide for the greatest good of all. And remember, the angels are always there waiting for us to call on them for anything. So here's some steps to make your affirmations more effective. One, make a list of all the negative beliefs you have about yourself and your life. If anyone criticized you or made you feel a specific way, write it down. Even if you were a child at the time, don't judge yourself or others. We're all humans. We all have flaws and we all make mistakes. Two, find a common theme in what you wrote. Is there something that makes you feel like you're not good enough? What's the most common thing in everything you wrote? Three, ask if this negative thinking is helping you or hindering you. What is it that this affects in your life? Is it stopping you from starting the business that you always wanted? Is it stopping you from going back to school? What is it that's helping you or hindering you? Four, write an affirmation on the positive aspect of the theme. You can even use a thesaurus to find powerful words. Instead of saying, I'm not good enough or smart enough to be successful, change the story. Change it to, I am worthy of receiving abundance and prosperity in my life. 
It's all about how you feel comfortable wording the affirmation. Now, don't get me wrong. No words may feel very comfortable at first. And you may not even believe them yourself in the beginning. But once those new roads are built in your brain, the old beliefs will begin to be blocked and you will believe them. So don't give up and give yourself time and patience. You deserve it. Know that every day you read your positive affirmations, you're building not only a new road, but a new life for yourself. Soon, you will have a super highway in your brain with positive thoughts that speed through each one. So where do you start? The first thing you want to do is find what you love to do, which is your purpose. Think of the big picture. Think about what you want to accomplish in life, including personal, career, finances, education, physical, pleasure, even hobbies and public service. I've included a worksheet that you can download from my website at www.lifeshareuniversity.com. You can find the link in the text area of this unit. Make columns and categorize each one with the topics that I gave you. Spend a couple days thinking about this, and when you're ready, take one or two things from each column in the worksheet that best reflects what you want to accomplish. Make sure that they are important to you and start focusing on them. Write affirmations for each one. Put them where you can read them every day. If you want to attend a top-notch school for psychology, write your affirmation as, to attend the best school while earning my psychology degree. Make sure you're doing what you love, not what anyone else has dreams for you to do. Live your own dreams, not anyone else's lost dreams. Now go ahead and download the worksheets. Get started on changing your life for the better and make the world the best place that you have ever lived. I've also included a project for you to complete in this unit and it's labeled the Law of Attraction Project. What you're going to do is you're going to create a vision board. When you visualize your goals, it helps attract them into your life. A vision board helps to clarify what we want in life. It helps us concentrate and maintain focus on specific goals we want to accomplish. A vision board is sort of like your affirmations, but in images and pictures. It is where we can display images and symbolize what we want to be and what we want to accomplish in life. When we visualize our goals, we're manifesting them. Vision boards enhance the law of attraction because we're seeing and manifesting what we want to create in our lives. I've included the instructions within this unit to complete this project as well as any supplies or materials you may need. I truly hope that you enjoyed this webinar. I know that you can do this. I've done it myself, and I am living proof that it can be done. 
even when you feel like you are in the darkest and lowest moments in your life, don't ever, ever give up. Namaste.